Hey, this is Vanessa. This is Carlos. And you're listening to Retro Ad Review. This is a podcast where we select a couple of random old TV commercials and review them. So if you like commercials, listen in. Hi, everyone, and welcome to the latest episode of Retro Ad Review. Hi, everybody. So, as you know, we're looking at commercials in this podcast, and this episode is no different. Today, we are looking at commercials that do what? They are just random products that decided to take the popularity of certain people, wrestlers, to show their products. So, we're looking at wrestlers in commercials. If you're not a wrestling fan, stick around, because I'm not, and I found this interesting. (laughs) And you probably saw these commercials anyway when you were just a kid in the 90s or 2000s or something. Yeah, exactly. Even if you're not a big wrestling fan, I feel as though a lot of these wrestlers cut into the mainstream in some kind of way. Mainly through television commercials and like cameos in TV shows or something like that. Yeah. Okay, so with that, we're going to jump into the first one. Well, how many high school boys does it take to change a light bulb? <laughs> Wanna light up your light? Yeah! Give me those Jim! Such good acting. That was a crazy commercial. Yeah, so this commercial is, if you're interested in watching it, go onto YouTube, type in Slim Jim Light Bulb Commercial, Macho Man Randy Savage, 1996. So, you know, spoiled there, but the wrestler in this one is Macho Man Randy Savage of wrestling fame. <laughs> <laughs> the commercial itself, it features two teenage boys who are in a light it, it's like a lamp store. I don't know, whatever. It's just a bunch of light bulbs. They they push over a lamp by mistake. A guy makes fun of them. And then from the ceiling, Randy Savage just bursts through a glass ceiling. He broke <laughs> the glass ceiling. And then starts shouting his catchphrase. The kids go mad. He takes a snap. He takes a bite out of the Slim Jim. And because it's so loud, it explodes pretty much all of the light bulbs and things in the entire <laughs> shop and there's just electricity falling everywhere like and it's just it, I, don't, I don't know how else the, the shop owner cartoonishly hanging out to the fan and the chandelier yeah it surprises him so much he falls off of his ladder he was on a ladder starts spinning around on a fan lamp and everything's just exploding. Basically, the entire place explodes. A little because... corgi jumps into an old lady's hands. Yeah, so the whole thing is just... The whole shop explodes because of how radical <laughs> the Slim Jim is. Wait, were those kids customers? Or are they just like his... I don't know. grandson or something helping out? Well, that's it. It's like, why are these 13, 14-year-old like, boys... Hey, stupid teens. Yeah, in a lamp shop. Like, it just doesn't make any sense. But, you know, Slim Jim was, like, the teenage food. Something like that. How did it become the teenage food? I'm glad you asked. (laughs) 
It started like in the 1940s and then it changed several hands across corporate buyouts and changes in time. But by the time we were in the 80s, they were trying to appeal to the Gen Xers coming of age. They were trying to appeal to their sense of irony. Everybody was trying to appeal to the Gen X at this time. It was uh, actually a blue collar snack food after you were in your factory job or your fisherman's job or whatever. You went to the bar and it was right next to the beer and beer nuts and all that. It's like That's beef- what it was supposed to be. It's like beef jerky, right? Essentially. Kind. Yeah, it is supposed to it's be. It's in like that, that realm. So I think that makes sense for it to be like a blue collar man food. Yeah. But the blue collar man doesn't have as much money as a white collar teenage kid. <laughs> uh, but reading the nutritional facts of it, yeah, it's not good. Okay. <laughs> so catering to the Gen X, cool, trying to make this blue collar middle aged thing into a kid's thing, they were looking to revive it. And Northcastle Partners were working on the new campaign. And Tom Leland came up with the phrase, snap into a Slim Jim. Because during gym. focus groups, he said they liked the snap of when you bit into it. When you bit into that waxy, plasticky thing. <laughs> <laughs> but he's like, how, did, how could we change that? I was like, okay, snap it sounds like something rebellious. Like it's when it's breaking through, when it's loud, it's like, bam, you snap it. So that's how they tried to make it appeal to teenagers because that's a weird, wild demographic shift, right? Yeah, it is. Like <laughs> some guy who worked in a factory and then some kid in high school that loved skateboards. Doesn't work. <laughs> I don't know. But yeah, yeah there might have been a bigger market for it because, well, isn't Gen X like a really small market? Well, whatever. It would maybe more just like to have eat rather than just trying to sell into bars. It might have made more sense to try to sell in convenience stores, yeah. mass market. It Um, appealed to the teenagers because it was a little bit more of an adult food from their soda and chips and cookies and stuff. It's not Dunkaroos. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Because it's not Australian or whatever that is. It's not Lunchables. Okay, so the original mascot for Slim Jim was a dapper man in a cane and a top hat. Oh my god. Wait, that doesn't make any sense. That's like Mr. Peanut, but for Slim Jim. But that's I guess because he's a skinny guy. That's, yeah, that kind of makes sense. But a dapper guy to appeal to factory workers? It was the, the elites trying to look down on them. Yeah, I don't get that. No. But whatever. We okay. this swim. All right, but after that, to when it, they tried to revamp, they, they took him out. I think they took him out a long time ago. But they needed someone new. The first one they tried to get was Sam Kinison, that really loud comedian of the 80s who died in the early 90s. You remember him? The name sounds really familiar. Yeah, he was that big, large comedian guy. He was like, oh, my wife left me. Ah." That's what he did all the time. Scream loud. (laughs) But his lawyers shot him down and he he didn't accept. So they're like, what else is rebellious? How about the WWF, which was, that's what it was called at the time. Their biggest star was Hulk Hogan, but he was seen as too friendly and stuff. And not that loud. So they turned to his rival, the ultimate warrior, who was a cocaine-fueled maniac guy. You boys a bit bored? Snap into it! Snap into a Slim Jim! Have you seen his promos? I've never seen his promos. They're just the funniest thing. He just, he always arrived late to his promos, so he just screamed gibberish. It was nuts. <laughs> So he was originally the face of that, but they 
took him out for some reason. I don't know why, but behind the scenes, he was always hard to get. Yeah, yeah. Like, he was from hard what to I, get along with, so I don't know if it worked out for them or not. I would suspect that had to have something to do with it, because he seemed to be very difficult in general. Uh, Massive ego. Yeah. After that did not work out, they turned to another popular character, Macho Man Randy Savage. And he lasted from 1993 all the way into 2000. That's long. Uh, even though, okay, you look at that and that's seven years. But 93 to 2000 feels like three different eras. Yeah. Like early 90s, the mid 90s, and then like 2000. This like is like new metal stuff. Yeah, there was that. a big, there were a lot of shifts happening. Yeah. There. What a weird period. And even within my own growth, it was a little kid to teenager. It was still... Yeah, yeah, exactly. But It um, felt like a lot. And he yeah. was there the whole time. <laughs> That's how His we know. attitude showed disdain for authority with his weird gravelly voice. <laughs> <laughs> I can't even imitate it. Yeah, it's so scratchy. And the ads increased sales and made it appealing to kids. Moving from blue-collar snack to rebellious teen snack on the broad shoulders of the Macho Man. <laughs> so, who was this Macho Man? Who was Randy Savage? That's not his And his name. crazy catchphrase. <laughs> oh, yeah. Is that his catchphrase? Yeah. That's like nothing. That's like catchphrase. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, Randy Savage was born Randy Poffo. To a wrestling family. His father was a wrestler, and he was known for doing 6,333 consecutive sit-ups, and it was recorded by Ripley's Believe It or Not. His father initially wanted to play baseball, but he got a wild pitch to the side of the head, and that is very, very damaging to you, so he stopped, and he went into wrestling. (laughs) Because <laughs> that's that's a more relaxed. Uh, that's less that's dangerous less dangerous for your head. <laughs> but he uh, so talk to Chris. Well, I guess when he was three hundred pounds of muscle, it doesn't hurt that much. Yeah, maybe I don't know. Weird. <laughs> he could do that many sit-ups. It's like okay, whatever. Weird jump in profession, but all right. Okay. So his son Randy followed in his footsteps. They they said in high school he was just like whoa that throwing arm is insane. Aww. He played in the minor leagues for the St. Louis Cardinals, but he threw out his arm, his right arm, but he was so proficient with it, and he wanted to train to impress the scouts, that in high school he trained with both arms. Ah. So as soon as he tore his right arm, he just threw with his left arm. <laughs> and then he later played for the Florida Tarpons, an affiliate of the Cincinnati Reds. And then he went to the Chicago White Sox, but he was released after spring training, and then he just quit baseball. So he and that's did a, the story of Randy Savage. He did. A, I guess he did a pretty good job on baseball. baseball <laughs> he then, like his father, moved on to wrestling, and he took on the name Savage because people said he wrestled like a savage. I bet you just one guy said that. <laughs> and then yeah. Like, yeah. Like, yeah, well, it's that's enough to change I your guess. name. He's like, yeah. hey, you're the big guy. And I'm like, oh, I'm the big guy. I don't know. Yeah. He joined WWF in 1985, and he was known for in his flashy costumes and his bandana and his glasses and stuff. Very 80s. He, yeah. I think he defined that thing. Yeah, he felt very 80s. It felt like it's yeah. not a complete jump from, like, hair bands. Like metal. Bright neon yellow and pink and stuff. Spandex. He teamed up with Hulk Hogan and they became known as the Mega Powers, a tag team. 
they won WrestleMania 4, but lost in WrestleMania 5 to his former tag partner, Hulk Hogan, because the storyline was that... Storyline demanded it. Yeah, Hulk Hogan, I think he accidentally hurt their mutual manager and Savage's wife, Miss Elizabeth. And then he betrayed him, and the storyline just went back and forth. A bunch of made-up reasons for them to fight there. (laughs) Though they later reunited in WCW after he left in, I think, 94, where he had a rivalry with Ric Flair, and he battled Hogan again when Hogan turned heel for the New World Order, NWO, which I guess everyone was against. He, even at the WCW, had a feud with Dennis Rodman, that's weird. And his first year for the WCW, he's so tied to Slim Jim that they paid for a part of his salary in the first year of WCW. Oh, that's cool. And, well, wherever he went, Slim Jim went. So when he was WWF, they... So Slim Jim was... They, yeah. <laughs> they, ad, they, they put ads for WWF. Then when he went to WCW, the ad commercials went to the WCW channels. That's really funny. And then he went to Total Nonstop Action Wrestling, TNA, in 2004. And after that, he quit. And he had a small acting career. I remember him mostly as Bonesaw McGraw, the wrestler who Spider-Man has to beat up in the 2002 Spider-Man movie. Which is kind of interesting because his very first gimmick thing was inspired by Spider-Man. What? His very, very first gimmick thing when he was just starting out was inspired by Spider-Man. And then he has to beat up Tobey Maguire. Oh, I didn't <laughs> know that. Okay. Yeah. That's weird. But unfortunately, in 2011, he was driving around with his wife. And he had heart failure while driving. And so a lot of the reports said it was he died in a car crash, but he actually died of the heart failure. And... Uh-huh. Everyone was sad about it, that even though Vince McMahon, the head of the WWE now, he had a contentious relationship with him. In 2015, he entered the WWE Hall of Fame, inducted by his brother, Lanny Poffo. And in honor of how he was their spokesman for several years, in 2019, Slim Jim released The Savage Sticks. A huge version of the product bearing his likeness. That's nice. That's a weird thing to have a legacy with. Do you know what I mean? Like, you want to have a legacy, and then your legacy is beef jerky. But, like, that's not a bad (laughs) one. That's not fake beef jerky. There was even one instance where the guy, they said, how healthy is it? Because it's made of something called, like, white slime, non-processed meat stuff. And then uh, one of the doctors said to assess it, he said, I wouldn't eat it. Like, the only time I'd eat it if I was in the desert and there was absolutely nothing else to stave <laughs> off starvation. That's the only time I'd suggest anyone eat this. Wonderful. And that is the legacy of Randy Savage, Randy Poffo. I think, well, whatever. Um, I think it uh, tastes bad. I, I tried think, it I one I time. I think once. my cousin gave it to me one time. It was, like, so hard to chew through yeah, waxes. Yeah, that's what I remember. It's so difficult to chew. In fact, it's probably good if you want to, like, lose weight or something you spend so much time masticating that that you're like i'm not hungry anymore i've had like legitimate meat dried up leathery beef jerky yeah but i think i remember the slim jim was harder to get through yeah the slim jim was was tough i remember that much so all right 
So that is moving on from that disgusting product. <laughs> all the products. Okay, yeah, we're moving on to another disgusting or unhealthy product. I would say this one probably tastes better, but we'll leave that up to you, dear listener. So let's play the next commercial. Wow, the stinger! Timmy, I'm from the Dream Come True Fantasy Foundation. You ready to wrestle? You bet, Mom, Dad, it's really him. Now I'm ready. It looks so real. Don't count on Sprite to do anything but quench your thirst. <laughs> oh my god, that's really good. That is an excellent commercial. Yeah. I love that commercial. Um, I remember when I was a kid. But basically, this kid opens a door, he's like, wow. And then the wrestler Sting. He's from the Make-A-Wish Foundation type thing, and he gets the kid's wish. And then immediately, his parents move the couches and stuff around so that Sting and his child could wrestle. His like, child. Let, me, let me wrestle this child. And then um, they're, they're jockeying in position, and the kid he's like, wait, wait, drinks a can of Sprite. And then they start, and Sting just punches him. And he, he punches him right like, in the drops face. drops him, he throws him out of it, he hits him on the turnbuckle. Uh, Whatever. He hits him on the, like, uh, Well, the, the stairs, but it's like the turnbuckle. And then he throws him into the china plates, and their par- his parents are just recording the whole thing. Like, it looks so real, because wrestling is fake, that debate, even though it's not a debate. <laughs> <laughs> and then it just pops out, image is nothing. Thirst is everything. Obey your thirst. Sprite's Sprite. pretty much telling you in the commercial. Yeah, the guy straight up says it. Sprite's just going to quench your thirst. It's not going to do anything more than that. <laughs> Which is a wonderful, wonderful... It's kind of hilarious. I like it. It's actually... I already know what my number one commercial is. <laughs> so, right. So, if you're unfamiliar with Sprite, it is a drink made by the Coca-Cola company. It is a lemon-lime drink. So Coca-Cola, Coca-Cola was trying to revive Sprite in 1992. It initially was just a lemon-lime beverage that Coca-Cola researchers found that consumers didn't even like the taste that much. So it was kind of... <laughs> I did always find that whenever you'd go to the vending... Like that extra secondary thing for yeah, the Coca-Cola company. Yeah, you vending machine and then you didn't really want Sprite. Like, you never really went for Sprite. So... Much like Slim Jim, the Coca-Cola company was also looking to market to the Generation X crowd, particularly noting their cynicism and irony. That's what Gen X is known for, and I presume to this day they're kind of known for that, amongst other terrible things, actually. Anyway, the old look of Sprite was just a half yellow lemon, half green lime on the can. It was very simple. It was very refreshing. I don't know if I'm, like, misremembering, but... I think I remember that can, when, like the very early 90s. Yeah, it's a really, really, really simple can. So they went through kind of a refresh, a visual yeah. refresh too during this period. And the campaign that sort of launched this, let's tap into Gen X, let's revive Sprite into not just a soda that no one actually likes that much. Uh, Lowen Partners was the agency. They came up with the campaign Obey Your Thirst in 1993. So Obey Your Thirst, the ethos of it, is that it was going against the materialism and absurdity of other ads. It wasn't holding any pretense that it would 
do anything. It wasn't going to make your life better in any way. The only thing it really was going to do, very straightforward, was quench your thirst, as evidenced by the commercial. It was a way to promote authenticity to teens, and it's just pretty much saying, hey, this is a really good drink. You'll drink it, you'll quench your thirst, and yeah, just focus on your thirst or like listen to your thirst. And that's, that's pretty much it. It wasn't going to make you a more attractive, <laughs> Beat up a wrestler. <laughs> yeah. Um, or in this case, yeah, beat up Sting. Ironically, it started out to challenge, or excuse me, it started out to change the external image of the flagging Sprite brand, but changing absolutely nothing about its formula. So it was kind of ironic and cynical on a lot of levels. Image is nothing, except all we did was change the image and it worked. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Like, that was all it was. This is actually a really clever and fun campaign, I think. It heavily targeted, much like uh, Slim Jim, rebellious youth and urban African-American consumers as well. Um, it was later short to just obey, and they had many hip-hop stars feature in it. They even had deals with Tommy Hilfiger, uh, who found success with hip-hop culture, so there was kind of a good merging of brands there. They even had a whole con- continuity thing about hip-hop stars fighting, like, Voltron's enemies Archon, and they needed to band together as Voltron to defeat him. So yeah, was- they had, like, the weird 80s-looking Zarkon talking, and then... Attention, people of Earth! This is King Sarkon of the planet Doom! This hip-hop culture of yours is making a big buzz around the universe, and I'm not feeling it! I remember one with Fat Joe for some reason. Fat Joe? He was rapping about Sprite and trying to beat him up. I do remember, I don't really think much of Sprite now, but like I do remember Sprite feeling much more like a youthful brand Man. during this period. It they felt young, so they did a good spin on everything. But the whole continuity was that they all got beaten up until the final commercial when they had to band together as Voltron to beat this cartoon man's archon. <laughs> yeah, so, I mean, they kept the thread line going of just, your thirst, that's it. Like, it's not going to do much more. So, although Coca-Cola did a great job of making Sprite a youthful brand and all that kind of stuff, I actually was going to say this. When I was saying the youthful side of Sprite, I was thinking kind of Pepsi, and Pepsi was always the young brand or the young cola. What, what was it? It's like, for the youth? I can't even remember. Wasn't there, like, a phrasing for it? There was some sort of phrasing for it, like, um, you know, they they always had, like, Michael Jackson who launched it, and they had... Yeah, and they had, like, Britney Spears. Britney Spears and Pink, and all these people were always superstars What was it? I remember the song she sang was, For Those Who Think Young? I genuinely can't remember. It was supposed to be about something about the the new generation. That's what it was. It's, like, about new generations. That's what PepsiCo was doing here. But Sprite's angle, its rebellious angle, kind of undercut PepsiCo from using the theme to counter Coca-Cola products as Pepsi was seen as an alternative of choice and change. So Sprite was kind of giving that, we're young and we're cool, but we're ironically cool, F you Pepsi, drink us instead, that kind of thing. So I felt, I don't know, it's kind of funny. because We it, got hip-hop and the X Games sponsorship. Yeah. Suck it, Pepsi. <laughs> yeah, so that's, that's kind of it here. Sprite became the cool. What a weird... Wow, that's amazing. It's just image. Didn't Mountain Dew have, like, Buster Rhymes or something? Yeah, I think that's also the period when Mountain Dew went a bit mad and just went, like, we're gonna, you know, work with X Games and gamers and stuff. It's all very weird. Although it did have a cool image with kids, Coca-Cola was sued by black employees over compensation bias and other discrimination. So that wasn't great. It was bad PR. 
And Coca-Cola actually tried to fix this bad PR through their ads. Some of their ads later addressed racial stereotypes. So essentially saying stuff like racism is bad. Trying to appeal to the urban African-American community and then they're paying them less. So they're like, let's have to fix this. Yeah, so they use their commercials, this obey theme and stuff. Not saying for them to obey, but just saying stuff like against racial stereotypes and just being kind of cool about it. I forgot how long this campaign went, because I remember even into the 2000s, they had that little obey afro cool guy who was like a toy. Thirst? Uh, yeah. Hey, LeBron. Oh, what up, Thirst? Brother, how about a toy in your new crib? Oh, come on in. I mean, it started in 93. Yeah, exactly. feels like really early to have started this kind of stuff, but it, it worked. It went um, for a while. Yeah. It got many more youth-oriented deals. The brand became associated with teens, and the message of being authentic was kind of the main side of it. I really liked the irony side of it. <laughs> so, as the commercial did, it was part of this whole obey your, obey your thirst theme. So, Sting. Sting was the main guy in this. So, Sting, if you don't know who he was... He's a wrestler, mainly for World Championship Wrestling, so WCW, and he's considered one of the greatest. He won 14 championships during his time with that flag. Initially, he wanted to play other sports, but after seeing a quote-unquote incredible match, he decided to become a wrestler. He teamed up with Justice at the start of his career, who would later become the Ultimate Warrior. There he is again. Yeah, I was going to say Ultimate Warrior again. Uh, for Continental Wrestling. He then moved on to Universal Wrestling Federation, where they saw his star potential. And then at WCW, he became a really, really well-known wrestler. He even had a rivalry with a very well-known wrestler, Ric Flair, who has always looked, since the beginning of his career, like a 50-year-old man. And I could never understand how Ric Flair was a wrestler. But anyway, he's... like 700, he's still wrestling. he's still kicking around. still has the same, like, dyed hair. Anyway, he had a rivalry with Ric Flair and Ric Flair's group, the Four Horsemen. But later Sting joined the Four Horsemen when they turned good, and then he was subsequently kicked out of the Four Horsemen, Ric Flair's crew, when, you know, after doing quite well in that season, or whatever you want to call it, of the wrestling year. <laughs> um, anyway, he did really well, and he had, he had earned the right to challenge Ric Flair for the title, but, you know, that was the head of the Four Horsemen, so they said, if you're going to do that, if you're going to challenge Ric Flair, then we're kicking you out. So he's kicked out of that. So that was a big storyline. Another interesting storyline involving the Four Horsemen and Sting is they trapped him in a steel cage, <laughs> and then Robocop promoting RoboCop 2, of course, came in and broke him free by breaking the steel door. And the ultimate showdown between good and evil. Sting, accompanied by RoboCop. And he was never seen again after that. <laughs> so that's that's what happens in wrestling um, a lot. Random stuff. <laughs> yeah. Um, the decision to bring in RoboCop was allegedly the idea of Ted Turner, who owned WCW. So, you know, Ted Turner could pull the strings to get RoboCop to show up for 15 <laughs> seconds and then leave. They said it was allegedly Peter Weller, the actor who played RoboCop. Yeah, like, sure. like, That's probably not it. <laughs> so after a real, in, uh, real knee injury, Sting defeated Flair and he feuded with Big Van Vader for the championship several times. So, you know, he was always a big character and always had major storylines with WCW. He was allies with Hulk Hogan and Randy Savage until Hogan joined the NWO. Nobody liked the NWO. Well, a lot of people actually liked the NWO. But I remember they weren't a lot supposed of, like, to like the NWO. in our era. Like yeah, yeah. I mean, the logo was cool, I guess. But one of the things Sting is actually really well known for, apart from being an amazing wrestler, was his face paint, his garb, because it's 
the crow. I just remember when Sting came out when I was a kid, I was just like, isn't that the crow? I thought it was the crow. I was like, what's the crow doing wrestling? But it's inspired by the crow. Yeah, because um, the time when he entered, like when he was saved by Robocop, he had like this platinum blonde surfer hairdo kind of thing. Yeah, so he began using his crow face in 1997 and he's continued to use it. I think it was then. because they were like, you betrayed the WCW. Oh my and God. he's like, no, oh you God, don't I don't the NWO or something I like don't that. understand wrestling. It's, <laughs> I don't understand it. Um, and his other trademark was that bat that he had in the commercial. Oh my God. Oh, <laughs> uh, it's like a fever dream. Um, He repelled down the Raptors. Like, that's another thing he did many times. In one incident, after much practice, the team put the harness on backwards, and they only found out moments before he began to repel. So This he, was after Owen Hart died the same way. Yeah, so that was a kind of scary, scary moment. He later became the face of total non-stop action wrestling. Where he wrestled for over a decade, and then he finally, in like 2014, went to WWE. So WWE wanted him for a long time, but he never came. He was like one of the most well-known wrestlers out there. I thought he was part of WWF when I was a kid, because I didn't know anything about wrestling. <laughs> but then, actually, it was only very recently that I found out Sting was never really WWE or F. And I was just like, oh, what was he part of? WCW. He joined it for six years where he was entered into the WWE Hall of Fame in 2016. And who inducted him? None other than old man Ric Flair. <laughs> Many new wrestlers looked up to him during his career. So he's a very well-known, well-respected wrestler. So what was jarring to see in this commercial was a very well-respected, very talented wrestler destroying a kid. And his house. <laughs> and his house and his parents being okay with it. Just kind of a fun little fact. So the kid is played by Michael Anangarano. He was the main kid, right? In Sky High? Yeah. Yeah. And he was Elliot, Jack's son from Will and Grace. That's the thing I remember him most from. Because he's one of those dudes that appears in a lot of things. He does appear or in a lot of stuff things. stuff I don't watch. But I think he won like an Emmy or something. Yeah. So he's actually a common a actor. Worker, like, yeah, yeah. He, he acts a lot. You've definitely seen this kid somewhere. If you didn't just see him from this commercial. He was also apparently a finalist to play Anakin Skywalker in The Phantom Menace, which may have been a blessing in disguise. Considering <laughs> Until George Lucas saw Jake Lloyd in Jingle All the Way and was Is like, that I should true? have that kid in my movie. <laughs> I hate, I, uh, I'm not even going to say that. But then had, again, that guy's had enough trouble in his life. If Michael Angarano was Anakin, maybe it would have been better. Who knows? Yeah, that's also possible. Who knows? I feel bad for Jake Lloyd. I know. Beat I do. We don't even, we don't an eight-year-old. We don't even want to get into it. I did not like I Jake Lloyd like in him. him either, but I was roughly his age or in that zone, so I could not like him. It was fine. But when you get 20-year-olds, 30-year-olds bashing on a kid, then you have serious problems. If you, listening, are a 30-year-old bashing kids, check yourself. <laughs> yeah, don't bash kids like Sting. <laughs> yeah. Unless you're getting paid to. So, referring to the commercial, the, the actor, Michael, he sent an Instagram recollecting that time and he said he had fond memories of shooting the commercial. It made Sting his favorite wrestler and he always preferred Sprite to Coca-Cola. He's a shill too. I was going to say, that's how you hook him. You hook him young. Always preferred Sprite <laughs> to Coca-Cola. It's because he was in a Sprite commercial. You're going to only have good feelings towards Sprite if that's your experience with it. Also, you get, you know, the story of how you were beat up by Sting. And not very many people, apart from a good few wrestlers, I guess, have that story. Oh, man. So that I don't quite remember any other wrestlers beating up children. <laughs> There must be, I don't know, maybe. But this one was really good. I that remember was, was Randy Savage blowing away adults. 
Yeah, <laughs> I think that was a really light bulbs. What was? All right, it's such a, oh, if you want to watch the commercial on YouTube, I forgot to mention. It's kind of. I think you should just write in Sting Sprite commercial. Yeah, Sting Sprite commercial, and hopefully Sting the singer hasn't done <laughs> <laughs> But this particular one that we were looking at is called Stinger. So yeah, you can type it Sting, Stinger, Sprite commercial. So let us move on to the final of the trilogy of wrestlers and commercials. And this Shilling is... product. <laughs> this is it. Are you ready for the Pro Glide Challenge? Are you ready for the Pro Glide Challenge? I said, are you ready for the Pro Glide Challenge? John Cena! Are you ready for the Pro Glide Challenge? Let's do it! Awesome! Let's go! All right, I'm I'm ready. Are you ready for the Pro Glide Challenge? Then prove it. Get some shaving cream on your face. Go, go, go! I'm ready for the Pro Glide Challenge. I'm ready for the Pro Glide Challenge. Why? Why are you ready? Because you'll beat me up. No! Reach out and grab it. With a thorn! Grab it with authority like you want. There you go. I feel great, John Cena. Smooth, clean cut. You feel great? I feel great. You feel good? I feel good. I am ready to take the Pro Glide Challenge! He is ready! Ready! Take the Fusion Pro Glide Challenge. <laughs> That's a nice little commercial. I kind of like it in a confusing way. <laughs> so it's it's a very very basic and it's of its time. This is two thousand eight. Yeah, yeah, like around two thousand eight. Yeah, so I feel like the commercials that we just watched had that air of nineties. <laughs> There's a bit of the early nineties ish, but that Gen X nineties vibe. This one is no longer the Gen X nineties thing. I think there this was is something 2000s, about thousands. Let's go viral. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> it was earlier going viral when viral may have just become a word. Uh, so this looks way more realistic. It looks like it's just has two cameras attached to a men's bathroom and no <laughs> one's recording. Like it's just being recorded. Basically, it's it takes place in a men's horrible. Hey, we're recording you in the bathroom. So it takes the commercial takes place in a men, presumably a men's bathroom in some sort of office because every man that appears in this commercial is wearing a suit. And they're at the sink washing their hands, and then John Cena bursts in. So it, he bursts in and starts basically Hooraying. Yeah, <laughs> into shaving with a Gillette razor. So one guy he bursts through the door. Uh, with another guy, he breaks to come into the scene. He breaks through a bathroom door. He's like destroying this bathroom. Yeah, but, but modestly, not nineties y. Yeah, <laughs> and he's just like breaking things and just shouting at them to shave. He hypes them up more and more and more until eventually they end up shaving with the razor that he hands them and he watches them shave and kind of... It's like, shave! Yeah, I'll shave! Kind of supports them in their shaving efforts. He's aged very well, hasn't he? He looks the same. Sorry, it's just is looking at him. Like, oh, he looks the same. It's like 13 years ago. Yeah, so so that's the commercial. That's it. It's just kind of like a gorilla... It's kind of like a gorilla viral marketing... Oh. Style. It's not really. Gorilla. Yeah, that's what they, I mean. It's, it's kind of tell those are actors. Yeah, those, those are actors. Did it as well as they could. Yeah. It's like once you take acting classes and you know how to act, you can't act like a normal person. <laughs> Maybe. Well, if you're a good actor. Because I feel like, remember the guy, at the end of the commercial, there's a guy and he, you can tell he's genuinely laughing because I'm pretty sure there was a good bit of ad That was like a blooper thing that they yeah, shot at the end. But, but I think there was a good bit of ad-libbing yeah. going on with this. Yeah, the gorilla camera is even under like a 
bush thing. <laughs> so I read, I read that John Cena. So like John Cena's, and we'll get into this a bit, but like John Cena's in a TV show called The Peacemaker, and he was in the Suicide Squad. And I think James Gunn has said something like he's one of the best improvisational actors he's ever worked with. So I think John Cena's just good at making up crap. So it's like, let's set up these three cameras in the men's bathroom, and then you attack people. <laughs> and then John C- just go nuts, say things to them. Um, so that's the, if you want to see that commercial, it's on YouTube under John Cena, Gillette commercial. <laughs> he was in a few others, though, which I will talk about right, right after this. <laughs> right after this ad. Switch to Gillette's most comfortable shave, Fusion Power. So the Fusion Pro Glide has five blades and a vibrating handle. And that's just one product that Gillette had with John Cena. It still is the slogan, the best a man can get, right? Gillette, the best a man can get. Yeah. How would that fit with John Cena? I guess when you're a big Whatever, guy he's and you're the best, shaved, He's the best he man. He was the best at the time. Most popular guy. Gillette said in a statement, they picked him because he embodies the qualities we are looking for in a spokesperson. Someone who believes that looking good is critical part of performing at your best. But I say, he embodies the qualities we are looking for in a spokesperson. Someone who is quite popular today, and we want to make money. <laughs> yeah, that's it. It's just like, Ugh. Yeah, like, if they got a heavy bearded guy and then shaved him, like, okay, that, that kind of fits. Even though, I guess, they're doing the same stupid thing. Yeah. But there's, like, John Cena with his smooth face most of the time. Yeah, maybe that's why he has yeah, a smooth maybe face. That's a, it's, it's not even that. It's just John Cena was popular. Where they wanted to do something viral-ish, and John Cena was already doing yeah. kind of weird stuff and appealing to a particular shorts-wearing yeah. person. <laughs> He and other wrestlers like Chris Jericho and stuff, they cut wrestling promos like, yeah, Fusion, I mean, Gillette is the best and stuff. He said he had used the brand since he started shaving at, like, what, 13? I don't know. That's why I've teamed up with Gillette. Because like me, Gillette also believes in hustle, loyalty, and respect. Yeah, and he's popped in a, bit, a lot of Gillette stuff because he was their spokesman, emceeing a bunch of things and... They even had that racing TV show, Fast Cars and Superstars, the Gillette Young Guns Car Racing or something like that. Do you know what? That's interesting because I kind of would think Gillette would be associated with cars in some way. Yeah, they're a NASCAR sponsor. Oh, okay. I'm surprised they've not done like, like, you know, (laughs) like a blatant NASCAR is with their sponsorship, like slap it on the car. It's kind of of nice in its own way. But anyway, Gillette's involved with that, I guess. Uh, On the TV show, Cena ultimately placed third. I don't know who got second or first. But Cena made it third, and that's the important part about all of this. So, he is considered one of the greatest pro wrestlers of all time. I guess I have to add the word pro, because there's wrestling, and then there's pro wrestling, which... Yeah. yeah. (laughs) He won 16 championships. He won Pro Wrestling Illustrated's most popular wrestler of the year four times, and that's a record he shares with... Sting. With Sting. He started out his career... I think he also wanted to play sports. But I wouldn't be surprised. I wouldn't be surprised if he wanted to <laughs> like play baseball. Want, I think that's what all of these started. Like, they wanted to play sports, but then... That's not true. Ones like Bret Hart and stuff like that from, like, proper big wrestling families, they all just wanted to be wrestlers, so... <laughs> but, so, when he got his start in wrestling, he started as a character called the Prototype. A half-man, half-machine, <laughs> who vaguely looked like Ivan Drago. I want to cry. That's awful. 
So he went into the, uh, I forgot what it's called, the Ohio Valley Wrestling Organization, which is like the training for WWE. He came out with Batista and uh, Batista, Brock Lesnar and a bunch of stuff. There was like a lot of people that I, came out of his class. I vaguely, like John Cena is probably well, the only wrestler. Well, no, maybe So Batista who do you think is a better like, actor? Army of the Dead's Dave Bautista or John Cena? John Cena. I really... <laughs> they all go into acting. Really, Even if they can't. They can't... Act. No, if you put them... Uh, we'll get into it. If someone's bit. cool, you put them in action. Right, right, fine, fine. Here's my view on John Cena. And I've said it a few times in recent history. So I've been watching Peacemaker because I, I just watch anything. I don't even know the Suicide Squad. I don't know anything. And I feel with John Cena, he plays an amazing idiot. I feel like you need to put him in that role and he will deliver so well. Like, he's so good in it. I actually just really enjoy watching him. He's stupid. Like, I don't don't think John Cena is stupid, but he plays a really dumb, maybe nice guy character as well, but he plays dumb and kind of brash. Really fun. I feel like... Yeah, in his other movies, some of the jokier ones, he's like that. He's very dope. I vaguely watch some of his movies because I haven't really gotten into it. I've seen one other where he does that or whatever. I just don't feel like you could put The Rock in that kind of situation. He just wouldn't work it as well. John Cena is... John Cena's good comedy. I think he's actually a good comedic actor. He, he could fall on a, a banana peel like no one else. <laughs> and he could take the hit falling, too. All right. So after the prototype, <laughs> he became a trash-talking rapper, the doctor of thugonomics. That's because stupid. Cena was... Uh, he grew up in Massachusetts, and he was a fan of rap, but nobody else around him was a fan of rap. Aww. So all these... What? What kind of music I fans? Just kind of like, oh, all these rock All he wanted was to love rap, and no one loved rap. Yeah, he said he got beaten up because he was different from them. What? With who his, beat uh, him up? All these Bostonian uh, new Fred kids on Durst the block fans. fans? <laughs> I don't know. Oh, anyway, and okay, so, Donnie, uh, Donnie, Donnie Wahlberg beat him up. <laughs> well, after he became the Doctor Thugonomics, after he became the face of WWE for a long time, right? Yeah, he was for really It was long after time. my when I kind of stopped knowing about it. Yeah. And, I, but he was everywhere. We and, grew out we we didn't like wrestling growing up. But because we were in that target demographic like starting with the Hulk Hogan Andre the Giant kind of universe, it was like everywhere. you were always exposed to it. But by the time John Cena came out, we were no longer exposed to it because we weren't in that but demographic. He anymore. was still everywhere. But yeah, you could still see him. You're like, who is yeah. this guy? Oh, wait, you can't see him. Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, after he became the face of the WWE, they just kind of made him more into a clean fit guy. He made his debut in 2002 when Kurt Angle, an actual no neck. Olympian wrestler or something like that, he was challenging the new recruit people, and they said, what do you have to takes to beat me? And he goes, ruthless aggression. Ruthless aggression. Bringing in the ruthless aggression era of the <laughs> WWE. The and attitude then, era is over. Then he, because of all the lawsuits of the kids getting <laughs> messed up, so... Kurt Angle defeated him, but he became such a fan favorite that the company made him their main attraction. His catchphrase is, you can't see me, where he puts his hand in front of his face and waves it in front of his face, which doesn't make sense, but he claimed it was because he was playing with his brother and his brother was doing a particular uh, hip-hop dance, Tony Yayo, where he holds his hand in front of his face, but he moves his head instead. 
John Cena reversed it. Now he just waves his hand in front of your face. But it's supposed to mean he's on such an other level that you can't see him. And yeah, that he was just I just remember he was really popular. I, I um volunteered at some place and all the kids were like, You can't see me, all that stuff. So. Yeah, I remember seeing <laughs> it on shirts. But I guess this era was less violent to appeal to kids than when we were going. Yeah, well off. that's the thing. Like it, right now it's called the G rated era PG era or something. PG thirteen like era. Well no, uh-huh. like they've even gone softer. Yeah, exactly. So they they can't even I think they can't even punch. You have to elbow, like, forearm them Yeah, or like, 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 the intensity of, like... Because I think the Attitude Era is when it was really, like... They did, like, scenes where they tried to sneak into women's showers, kind of. <laughs> it felt like married with children kind of crap. And, like, yeah. punching and junk. But then they've really softened their edge. The thing I remember most about this, though, around, I think, the early 2010s, was his feud with one of the people from my era, The Rock. I saw he was, uh, (laughs) yeah, I guess now making his return. He is the host of WrestleMania 27 and there he made fun of Cena. And it's like, I'm not big on wrestling or like the rock, but when he was doing that tirade, you could see that the guy had a lot of charisma. Yeah. (laughs) There's some people out there that you can, that just have something about them. It's so hard. There's no way to identify it. Like, you know how, like, they have talent scouts and all that kind of stuff? There are just people that have something. And The Rock just has something. I don't care about The Rock, but I'm like, oh, The Rock. I'm okay with him. He's all like, oh, you know, it's The Rock. Like, I have nothing. I don't understand. So he was just saying how he was stupid. He sucked. Cena was terrible. Because Cena in... Not insulted him. I don't know if it was part of the storyline, but before Cena said that he just completely abandoned the WWE. Uh, the Rock. He, he went. Yeah, the, yeah, he went into um, acting and all that. So, so that I guess feud, fake man. The Rock. So the feud was so huge that WrestleMania 28 became the highest-grossing pay-per-view event in professional wrestling when the main event was The Rock versus Cena, mm-hmm. and The Rock won that one. It was called the Once in a Lifetime match, but because they wanted to make more money... uh, Lightning hit twice. Yeah. Yeah. So, during the preliminaries, or however that works, Cena and The Rock got the main wins and stuff. And then WrestleMania 29, they had a rematch. This time, Cena won. And it drew in $72 million. How does this make any money? I don't know. Whatever. (laughs) I'm not here to understand wrestling. I'm here to talk about commercials that was, featuring Wattworth. That was the thing I remember the most. I think he retired soon after that. So, so, hold on. Because around 2014 is when they made Roman Reigns the main Roman, guy or something. Was he the main one? Or like, I don't know, I've heard of random ones like CM Punk. Have you seen CM Punk? He was the one who was in a feud with Cena, I think. I think or so. like one of them, he because looks, there's a thousand... Skills. How is that man, how was that man a wrestler? That is, yeah, that is bizarre. His he wanted tiny, to, tiny legs. Yeah, he wanted to uh, MMA and he didn't do that well. Yeah, I'm not too surprised by that. But for Cena, he was making fun of The Rock for acting? Yeah, he was saying, hey, you... I mean, he left WWE. I mean, it's his prerogative, but why would he just abandon? And he just wants to be an actor and all that. So it then, was like weak. It sounded like he was just <laughs> talking, but then The Rock, I guess, for the story, and I was like, oh, that's insulting me. More. So I'm guessing The Rock... Now yeah. says. Now he's like, "Hey, you're like me. Let's tell you." <laughs> okay. So and I think in the rematch, he actually hurt his his uh, hip. The Rock hurt his hip or something. Ooh. He like legitimately tore it up or something. That's but good. like the Rock, 
Cena eventually transitioned into acting, with his first movie being The Marine. And then he was also the voice of Ferdinand the Bull. The Shy Bull, what was that? What? That story. It's a kind of a classic tale, right? And he was also... I could have put this in for this, because it was, what? Randy Savage with food and Sting with a drink. John Cena was also the voice of Ernie the Elephant in the wonderful Pistachios commercial, but... It was around 2016 or so. Peanuts! Peanuts? you kidding me? This guy's selling peanuts? I used to eat peanuts. I also used to wear diapers. Pistachios where it's at, right? I mean, who wants to eat a food that starts with pee and ends with nuts? Peanuts! Pistachios! What the hell's a wonderful He pistachio? was a, a very lethargic, slow... Um, uh, pistachio? No, uh, an elephant. Oh, sorry. And then he was like, oh, I don't want to work out. But then the healthy alternative was uh, the pistachios, and he got a little more oomph, I think. I vaguely remember those. Weird. Because but anyway. It, yeah, but I was like, okay, John Cena did that voice. It, you couldn't quite tell because it was just like, oh. I'm it's just a voice. Like, John Cena doesn't have a very uh, distinctive just voice. Like, I don't think he has much of a distinctive look either. He's just a... Yes, yeah, stereotypical like, giant guy with a stereotypical deep like, voice. He looks like he could have gone to like he went to college with him. Like he was yeah. a dude that was at like UF or something. <laughs> like that's that's what I see when I see him. Yeah. So so he's in a bunch of things now though. And the thing I remember most, he played the peacemaker in James Gunn's The Suicide Squad, which is a remake reboot of the movie from 2016. Not that long ago. What was that? Suicide Squad. It didn't do very well. And then Neither one did well. It's TV spin-off The Peacemaker where James Gunn said he was a good improvisational actor. It's it's a fun show. Again, I don't know anything about The Suicide Squad or Suicide Squad, but uh John Cena's fun in it. I guess I'll watch more John Cena movies after this. <laughs> after well, besides I watch Sting movies. He's, st- <laughs> he's still uh, a pretty famous guy, but he is known for supporting charities. And for the Make-A-Wish Foundation, which helps poor kids with cancer have a wish, he's made over 600 appearances. Ah, it's like either the top nice. or one of the top. Jesus. So he's a pretty nice guy. He supports troops. All, he's just a charity guy. Yeah, that's really nice. So he's ah. like a nice guy. Even he seemed like a nice guy when he was in the ring because he was the good guy. Yeah, I think people... I think there's some... Unlike the Ultimate Warrior... I think unlike Sting, who his Make-A-Wish is beating up children. <laughs> I think um, John Cena... Uh, well, I don't know. I think he's generally liked, I think, in wrestling, as as far as I'm aware. I know I've said a lot that I don't know anything about wrestling. I generally don't, but I watched a lot of Dark Side of the Ring, which is some show about wrestling on Vice, and I ended up in this weird YouTube rabbit hole um, <laughs> watching wrestling, like, behind the scenes of wrestling. I find behind the scenes of wrestling way, way more fascinating than the actually re- actual wrestling. Like, the actual how they make the storylines and the, the, the stories injuries, of the, the men. The feuds, the whatever, yeah. like, the actual stuff, like, the real life stuff is really intriguing. Like, yeah. it, is, it is drama. No, it's really, it's impressive. All right. So, we've gone through all of the commercials, and it's all been really delightful. But now we have to pick and rank. Alright, which one is your least favorite? Least 
favorite. I'll go with John Cena because it is Gorilla Basic and it is fake. And Cena, I guess, because he was after my era, he wasn't super... Like, I wasn't into him. Was okay. There's no nostalgia. And he just looked like a basic guy with shorts and a hat yeah, he harassing just, he other men like to that. shave. Okay. I think... I think <laughs> Yeah, the same thing for me. I also don't really like that style, that that uh, commercial style. Fake gorilla. Yeah, like that that early two thousand style. I don't really like it that much. So it's got that going. Oh, it was late two thousand. Oh, sorry, the two thousand. It was two thousand. Two thousand virally stuff. Yeah, I didn't. Really... It's so contrived. Yeah, I didn't. It's so contrived. Well, the vis- <laughs> the visual, the visuals of it, I don't really like. However, in this commercial, weirdly enough, John Cena is fun to watch. So yeah, like. No, I know. I understand. As big as he is, I understand, but I guess I just mean like watching the commercial. The only saving grace is just John Cena. Like I feel like he's making those guys laugh too. I think that's what makes it fun. But it's the worst one of the bunch. And my (laughs) second would be Slim Jim. (laughs) That voice is just so crazy. How do you get your voice that scratchy and deep? Scary. Yeah. So. uh, Yeah, it's because it's so crazy. It reminds me of the early 90s and the yeah. crazy extremeness of it all. The guy cartoonishly, like that, that Twisted Sister music video, we're not going to take it, the rebellion. So the guy, the, the old weird looking man just flying around the fan like a cartoon. And it's, Why are you in a light bulb shop except to explode everything? Yeah, like it's... <laughs> it's, it's, pops, it's a cartoon. It's he a pops cartoon. in like the Kool-Aid man everywhere to bite something and then everything goes haywire it's too cartoony and there I was think that's the problem with it for me i but think it's was, funny i like it i think there was also one with line dancing it's like wow this place has suck music and he breaks in and the line dancing goes crazy she's cool. insane happening dance huh want to pick up the temple yeah that slip jam and the product is weird. So what about Number you? one. Well, our favorite is the Sting, Sting commercial. Sprite commercial. Because I remember this when I was a kid. I surprised. only vaguely remember the Slim Jims. And I don't remember the John Cena one that much. Because afterwards, this one I remember perfectly fit with Sprite everywhere. Yeah, it was it was good. It's just funny. It's, it's just, just funny, funny too. Commercial. Because like this huge guy who could kill this kid if he wanted. Just toss him around like a rag doll. It's, it's just... <laughs> like, it's, I like when he pushes him across the mantle of the yeah, of the fireplace. <laughs> it's enjoyable because it's it's just absurd. But then the contrast of going of I just really like Sprite being like we're not doing anything for you. I think that I think yeah, that's why I like it's that. Fun. It's just funny because visually it's really funny to see a kid getting beat up by a professional wrestler. But then Sprite just say like just shrugging his shoulders is really funny. <laughs> it's so. kind of the opposite of the Slim Jim commercial. This is like we're extreme and we're blowing away all they, the authority. They this leaned into is... the irony, cynical aspect yeah. of it more than said, than the Slim Jim. Okay, we can do that, but no, that's not gonna work. <laughs> yeah, it's just like, and even the guy's voice for Sprite is very just man, like, man, man, man. just kind of. Hey, blank, just drink it. Just blank. The other one I remember the most from that campaign was remember those. Black, yeah, uh, the guys in the, the thing, dudes, yeah. but then they cut it off and they're a uh, they're professional like, thespian people. Yeah, <laughs> there's only one drink fat enough to quench our thirst, and that's turbo sports. God, genius, the can's upside down. Don't talk to me like a child. I played Hamlet at Cambridge. That's like, where's my drink? Didn't we do that commercial? I don't think so. No, we did the uh, 
was it Tom Green with the Oh yeah, knife? I liked that other one. All right. Shooting tigers at him. <laughs> All right. Okay. So okay. Bonus round question. Favorite product of this? I'd go well, with Sprite. <laughs> when you say favorite product, or do you mean like product you would buy off of this commercial? Off. Of oh, commercial? I forgot that question. Okay. Favorite product? Sprite. Yeah, definitely Sprite. Sprite. Okay. Well, the definitely question we usually asked, based off the commercials, what would you use? Um. Oh. I go with Cena because I'm. I'm a dude. I, actually, I could shave. I was actually gonna say that too. I, I, for because you, it would be a little that, bit you. No, no, not even that. Because like, there's this whole thing about girls stealing men's razors because they're usually better and they cost less. Um, would you steal my vibrating five blade razor? Yeah, <laughs> after absolutely. I shave my face. Well, that's it. But the thing is, is that you have to use it early because men, because they shave so often, it dulls the blades. But yeah, no, no. Like a lot of women like using men's razors because. It's usually a lot better and cheaper. But I'd say that <laughs> because I'd say for should. utility and the commercial itself yeah, show it the utility. Yeah, yeah, that's what I was going to say. Not craziness. <laughs> yeah, like, and also I think when it comes to the Slim Jim, the Slim Jim shows the utility. The guy's actually eating it. But the problem with the Slim Jim is I know what it tastes like and I don't want to eat it. <laughs> it tastes like acid or something. It doesn't taste good. It's very acidic Sorry, as Slim much Jim. as I remember. All right. Cool. Well, uh, that is our foray into the wonderful world of wrestling and a lot of W's. Sprite and Slim Jim and Gillette. So thanks very much for sticking around and listening. If you like us, thanks. <laughs> um, make sure to subscribe. I can't speak today. Make sure to subscribe to us on your favorite podcast station and connect with us on Facebook and Instagram on Retro Ad Review. We'll be back soon with another selection of commercials. So stay tuned. And that's it. Bye. Bye bye. Best a man can get.